Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 78 of Two Left Thumbs, your source of weekly gaming news and updates. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about the new PlayStation controller, more Resident Evil is on the way, Crisis potentially coming back, Ghost of Shishima details, and the Inside Xbox recap. We also have the best weekly deals from a range of publishers from across all gaming platforms. Remember, if you are listening, don't forget to share the podcast around, tell a friend about it, leave a rating as it really does help us grow. My name is Gray as a Gamer. Join with me tonight, as always, the seducer, the producer, Deaf Puppies. How are you? Good, uh, good evening. <laughs> I even know it's an afternoon there. It's a day. We're <laughs> doing a thing. <laughs> isolation. It's totally fine. You uh-huh. can do all these things. Um, and also this week, we are joined by the one and only Thoric Gaming. Mate, hey, guys. Welcome. Welcome Ooh. to the podcast. Hey, thanks How for having you? me. I'm doing really well, man. Um, enjoying ISO life as much as possible. So yeah, get those all... games in. That's it. Um, mate, for everyone who does not know you, um, as we already do know you, can you give us a little uh, about what you do? What do you do in the gaming world? Absolutely. Um, I have a channel on YouTube, uh, Direct Gaming, as you would assume. Um, I make reviews, uh, impressions, previews, uh, opinion pieces and stuff like that. Um, and I also do a bit of writing for a couple of websites as well. So, yeah, that's me. Nice. I did um, I did see your opinion piece the other day uh, for Season Gaming. That's who it is, isn't it? The, yeah, the, yeah, a new one I got involved with. Done. Uh, you've done well, mate. I actually, Thanks, I, I saw it's your nice original. Yeah. yeah, I saw your original tweet on Twitter, but then I was um, scrolling through a website that I normally check, N4G. And bam, you were there, like you were yeah. at the top, man. It was uh, it was going off. You were getting a lot of people involved and talking yeah. about it, which is it's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, well that's very exciting. Your first Thanks. piece. Your first yeah. piece. Well, for that website, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um yeah, it was exciting when uh Ainsley, the guy who runs the site, sent uh, the M4G kind of um splash page to me. I was like, What the hell? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, so yeah. That was sick. Yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. No, that's cool, man. That's cool. Um, give us a little, uh, little information, mate. What do you? What? Tell us about yourself. What sure. You I uh, work in tech slash retail. Um, I'm currently not working at the moment, just at home. Um, but thankfully, still in a Million. job, which is awesome. Millions of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, thankfully, I'm one of the lucky ones who still has a job and still is getting paid, which is nice. Um, other than that, yeah. I make a bit of music on the side. I've been a musician my whole life. Um, and yeah, just trying to get into the whole content creation thing. It's my nice. passion. So yeah. What, uh, what instrument? Um, mainly like keys, piano, um, but I play a bit of guitar, a bit of, bit of everything, but make um, electronic music. So if, if I gave you $5, could you play the Final Fantasy VII theme song to me on a piano? If you also sent me the notation for it. I can't read music, but that just let me it. know what key it's in and I'll try and work it out for you. That, w- that would be a negative. I would not know what that is. <laughs> you know what? I would do it for free though. So. For my five, hard $5, I would expect. <laughs> Perfection. <laughs> um, wait, how did you, how'd you get into YouTube? Okay, well, like I watch a lot of it. I don't watch yeah. I, don't, I don't watch TV at all. I've watched, you know, Netflix and streaming services and stuff, but at some point I was like, I have opinions about video games and I listened to everyone else's opinions, so um kind of why not 
do it myself. I've done a bit of video editing uh, at like uni and stuff a few years back. Um, so I kind of knew the basics there, um, you know, with the history in music and audio, I have a pretty good knowledge of recording audio. So I um, thought, you know, may as well put my own opinions out there and um, start my own channel. So yeah, Definitely. just one day, thought, yeah. No, no, it's good. I, I, I don't know how I found your channel. I think I found it through through Twitter. But you and I pretty much started our channels around the same time. They went. Yeah, I think started, so. I think. Um, I really enjoy your takes on your opinions and reviews on your Thanks, games. Thanks, man. Yeah, give ditto me, yourself, man. Give me, give us a quick, you know, summary or recap of how you review a game, a AAA game. Mm, for sure, I, I try to. Like I, I script everything that I put out. Um, so I will play a game to completion, writing notes here and there as I play um, and essentially go through my reviews usually have kind of, you know, subheadings um, and I try and cover, you know, the, the plot and the, you know, the um, gameplay mechanics. Music is one that I always like to kind of, make a focus on because I think it's so important in games. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of, I always use the music in the reviews to kind of emphasize key points and stuff like that. And then I do, unlike yourself, uh, do uh, scores out of 10. Uh, I know it's a bit of a contentious issue with a lot of people is like, should you give a game a review score? And it is something that I'm continually evolving, like what makes it, a nine out of 10 or what makes it eight out of 10 or whatever. Um, but I like having that kind of quantitative um, number behind my reviews. So, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's, that's totally fine. I, yeah, I'm right. not, I'm, I'm never, I'm never, never been. Been. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's oh, it. That's, that's fine. There's, there's plenty of people that don't like re review scores and there's heaps of people that, that love it. And exactly. Arguments yeah. for both sides. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. I just think that, Review scores in general, as they apply today, need a refresh, a bit of a reset um, across the industry to kind of get the, the standard yeah, set. Yeah, there definitely needs to be a, a, a standard of what's it, required yeah, for certain I, things because yeah, totally. 7 out of 10 too much snow is not a great way to review <laughs> yeah, a game. exactly. Which is, fortunately, how a lot of um, big sites mm. and stuff like that cover their games. Yeah, um, and I think, like, review, like... Review scores have become such like a a judgment piece for games. Like if it doesn't get like over an eighty five on Metacritic, you know, people are like it's a piece of shit or whatever. So, mm. um, I and I completely disagree with that. There can be you know seven out of tens that are phenomenal games for someone, um, but an eight out of ten, you know, doesn't make a terrible game. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a contentious issue for sure. Oh, it is. Um, yes, it's one definitely people use for arguments. All the time. Mm -hmm. is, uh, oh my god! This console have good games. Well, you haven't scored one over eighty-five on Metacritic. It's like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> yep. You're it console, on a number. Nothing over eighty-five. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yes. Christ. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Deft puppies, my friend. Yes. What have you been playing this week? Way too much Kingdom Come Deliverance. Way too much. Talk I have me. been. I've been. That's essentially. I've played. I did some other stuff as well, but um, I'm maybe about just over halfway, three quarters through the story now. There's 
so much there. Like every person you talk to, there's a fucking scripted side quest. I was like, okay, I guess I'm, I'm I guess I'm doing this now and fuck the main story. Like, I just got myself out of a church, which was hell, by the way, because you have to, like it's super realistic. Like you're in a monastery, and like you're there for reasons I won't tell because I don't know spoilers, I guess. Um, but you're in there and you have to like find this guy and convince him to come with you and leave and or kill him either way and you have to live the monastery life while trying to balance doing all the things you need to do and if you are late to something twice you get put in solitary confinement for 24 hours (laughs) what so you have to like not get caught you have to do you have to do certain tasks for the church like you know you have to do some transcribing of scripts and um some alchemy as well and you have to create certain potions concoctions and all that kind of stuff which is fine um you have to eat at the same time as everybody else you've got to go to mass twice a day and you still need to sabotage everything you're supposed to do and there's about eight side quests in that <laughs> church alone as well that have like their own thing going on and is it like and that's just like one main mission it's wow it's fucking nuts i love it it's great there is so much it sounds very layered um no. i have a problem with the, with with the save files that's, that's my only issue with this game now is the saving system you either have to sleep in a particular bed or craft a potion to save um what and if you've been what? playing for a few hours which has happened to me before you know i've played for a couple of hours and then i've died i go back <sighs> to that save point and i've got to do all that work oh. again so he's like oh, that's oh, rough fuck so you just spamming escape to get through all the conversations as fast as possible it's a very but, um, it's a it's a very old school mechanic that it is it is um the, the lack of um you know checkpoint saving i guess i mean it, it makes you like it, it, it creates makes you play a certain way which is which is kind of interesting but it still kind of gets a little frustrating especially when you get into the game and you totally forget to save um there are a few auto save points as well but they're kind of few and far between after like main missions which you know take several hours to kind of get through the story arc of that so it is what it is but um rather enjoy- rather enjoyable game um quite like it the other thing i got into is um i played a few hours of cfds which is something i've been meaning to get back to for forever um they just had a content how is they have a new one there's been a lot of quality of life improvements um things are different there's more more stuff to do if you want to do it um there's a few different ways of combating people now too they've got like a shrapnel grenade and uh and a firebomb which is like a molotov cocktail which is pretty fun because you can set your own ship on fire totally that sounds like something a few times you would do all the no, time no no accidentally <laughs> like just and just twice purpose. just twice. twice one accidentally and one maybe on purpose <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, um, i wonder if it burns at sea Splash. yeah and as i think as of like a few months ago they started adding these things called tall tales which are like short story driven missions that kind of lead to an overarching story um and for the most part originally they were kind of go here find this spot navigate your way there using clues and you know they take a, an hour or two to complete kind of if you were kind of clued onto what was going on you knew the map well um i did their new one and it was they've changed it totally so you still do the kind of all right you have to find this location but then that takes you into a cave and it kind of plays out like a destiny strike so you, you move through these areas you you have to solve a few basic puzzles to get through to certain areas you kill a few enemies solve a basic puzzle get through the area or to fight a, a main boss which wasn't a lot but the whole experience had just so much atmosphere to it and there was like scripted 
cutscenes, but they weren't like cutscenes are like just kind of happening in the world. So you could walk away from it if you wanted to. But the, mm. the characters kind of popped up and were having conversations there with you and with other characters as well, which is something that wasn't there before. It was kind of we tell you the story from the vendor's perspective or whatever, um, or through a book. And this one had like characters actually appear and it felt a lot more fleshed out and it was really really good especially for free content it was quite enjoyable i mean it was two hours of my time to do the one the one thing and that was with someone who knew where to go um but it was really fun i like really really enjoyed it it was really good I'm that, that's, the, to more. that's probably the key thing to, to have someone who knows what they're doing because last time i played with you and fucking static i ended up swimming around the damn bloody map at half the time getting eaten by sharks trying to chase the boat yeah. it's it's, uh, it's 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 changed since then like i said these quests like you, you read the book and you've got to figure out the clues um which are a lot easier we're, we're a lot easier to look at uh, this time too. is it pop is it populated are there many players in the game playing at the moment um i saw a few other ships while we were there um kind of towards the end of the night like you don't normally like you've never really seen a mass abundance of ships i think they limit how many in a in a save world at a time so i think it's only up to like five or six crews at a time so the map isn't too crowded you can avoid each other if you want to so i, I ran into a um maybe two or three crews throughout the night which which felt okay you know it wasn't like Fuck, we have to avoid this fight or do we fight them or do we run away or we're not getting griefed all the time it was it was a good balance um which you I slaughtered think has always them, been a good thing one we slaughtered one and then we got slaughtered stole their booty the, the balance no i didn't even do that i just watched their shit burn uh <laughs> just watching it burn just Take watching it burn thing. that's all i need um but yeah that's that's been me this week um again pacing up my games i'm still gonna get uncharted but i gotta get through kingdom come yeah first. question for just... you for in regards to sea of thieves do you see rare and microsoft making a sequel or constantly adding to this Next I gen. think they're going to keep adding for at least another year. Um, maybe they might do something off. I mean, I know they have or have was EverQuest coming out. Everwild. Everwild, that's it. Um, which is a very similar game. So maybe they might slow on Sea of Thieves because, I mean, they're doing it at the moment. They're doing monthly content. So that's a, that's a lot of kind of stuff to get out. Um, Especially when you're games. at home working. Yeah. yeah true. All these developers are. So maybe with two games, they might slow that down to once every three months they do a content update and then they focus on the new game for a while, which would be okay. Like there's there's plenty of changes there, and from what I've seen from the community, like they seem to really enjoy what they've been getting. So fair yeah. enough. Yeah. What about you, Gray? What have um, what have you been up to this week? I'm just gonna jump. Just I'm just gonna jump over to Direct first. I want to find out what you've been playing okay. this week. Mm. Okay. Just, have you been playing that uh that T-shirt you're wearing there? I wish. Do you know we would we would be we would we would be playing that in two days if it wasn't delayed. I hope you realize. Oh my god! How? What? That would have been perfect timing in a pandemic. But you know, whatever. Um, I've been playing Dishonored two. I played through Dishonored one and all the DLC. I think I finished it up about a week ago. Uh, incredible. And I just finished Dishonored two last night. I just smashed through it. It's so good. Like the level design in that game is just, uh, awesome. it's phenomenal. It's so, so amazing. Um, story is really good too. Like I know, I think it got a bit of flack for not being that different to Dishonored 1 in the story, uh, which I kind of get, but I think it's great. You can choose the protagonist. Uh, I played as Emily and she's got really cool powers that are different from Corvo's in the first one. Um, 
because you can play as him as well. And I think he's got similar powers to what he did in the original game. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, I just love it so much. Like doing a stealthy run. I know we were talking about this on Twitter the other day. Um, you know, I didn't get the ghost achievement for this game either, but I, and I killed one what? person. Yeah. What? No, I couldn't be bothered doing like going back and um, like, you, you know, I got detected. One person. You got one all that person. way. And you killed one. Over. And can you explain I why? A, why I, I actually don't person? know. I don't know who it was. And that's what annoyed me. I thought I got no, through no. one of the middle missions. It got to the end screen. It was like one kill. And I was like, well, I'm not just going to redo it now. I just finished it. So, um, But I think I'm going to play it again uh, and do like a no powers run as Corvo uh, and kill a lot of people. So that should be fun. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's just, it's so good. Some of the... Um, missions in it are so clever the way they do it i don't know if you played it but there's like the one with yeah. the the time jumping um that is just so clever how you can in real time see the past and then you can jump between the past and the, the present and it's just that level in itself is one of the best levels i've played for for a long long time so is that similar uh, to like um the titanfall 2 level i've where not played gotta, titanfall 2 oh the story campaign is a similar thing where you've got a You've got to parkour through this level and switch between future and past to make sure you've got a clear path to go through. It sounds similar, yeah. You've got this, like, um, it's called the timepiece, and it's like this big glass fan that you fan out, and you can look through it and see what's happening in the past or in the present when you're either in the past or the present. So you can see, like, you look into the past and there's all guards around, so you can, like, sneak past the guards, but then you get to a door which is blocked in the present um but it's it's not blocked it's like it's openable in the past so you flick to the past open the door and when guards see you can jump back into the present and it's just like the way it, it you can have those two timelines going at the same time and you're looking through this timepiece it's just it's incredible it's so clever it was it was a, a really well done game the second one like i the first one was always super special to me the second one it, to me it didn't live up to the first one it was like they they played it very safe like they did expand it a little bit they got, gave you another character to play as and whatnot which was cool but the first one was so unique uh oh, so came good. out of nowhere and just blew everyone away that they were kind of hoping they'd do it again with the second one they just, they, sure. they just it's still a great game uh 100 uh, yeah really enjoyable to play from start to finish and i played like half of the first game when it launched like i was really hyped for it and I don't know why I fell off it. Um, and I never went back until recently. So it was like, um, it was really cool. I got to a point in the game where I was like, oh, I've played this stuff before. And then it got to a line and I was like, oh, this is where I stopped playing. So um, play through all the DLC and everything. And I thought the DLC was really good because it led straight into Dishonored 2. Mm. And just being able to jump straight into that and play um, was really cool. But yeah, I kind of understand what you mean about it being played safe but I think they had a pretty good formula um, that it was like, it, I, I thought it was amazing game. It's such a cool IP though. So like the, the whole, the whaling stuff and the, the world they've created in the lore is just like so deep and so well fleshed out. Yeah, definitely. The, the, the whole background to it is pretty cool. Um, That's insane. Hopefully they, I would love to see them go again. Um, mm. And I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want to see him go open world with it because I just don't know how you could, you, you wouldn't be able to pull it off properly. Um, but keep those linear levels 
and mm. I don't know, just give us something, something that, bigger, maybe. Yeah, like something like I think Deus Ex, um, Mankind Divided's level design is incredible as well. Like that immersive sim style where it's like, especially in like Prague, I think it is um, in Deus Ex, it's like an open-ish map with like so many little nooks and crannies you can explore, but then some of the missions are outside of that map and some are within it. Um, I think something like that would be perfect for a new Dishonored. Uh, I don't know if you played Death of the Outsider, um, but I'm going to jump into that probably next. I'll buy that and play it. So Nice, nice. Any anything else while in isolation? Uh, yeah, it's on Game Pass. I've been playing Buddy Ashes Cricket. Ashes Cricket. Ashes wow. Cricket. Yeah, Turn so it's a bit of fun. Um, it's actually enjoyable. Like it's it's um you know it's uh, low budget. Let's just say, um, but it's got some you know oh, yeah. yeah, it's got some hilarious commentating. It's got all the you know the stadiums from Australia and everything, which is nice. And you can start up from club cricket and work your way up through you know um you know um, like uh the state cricket and then 2020 and test and yeah. all that stuff so that's kind of what i do when i'm i'm uh you know Zoning just out. distressed from like trying to be stealthy i'm like oh, i'm just gonna hit some sixes for a while yeah, <laughs> and swing this bat around and i did play uh tacoma also on game pass uh so I'd say it's a walking simulator, um, which I really like. Uh, and it was awesome. If you, It's like two, three yeah, hours long. Looks really interesting. Mm, it is great. It's a really cool little um, story, weird little sci-fi story. Um, yeah, totally recommend, especially if you have Game Pass, because it's like a couple of gig to download, a few hours to finish. You can finish it in like one or two sittings. Um, yeah, it's really good. Very nice. Very nice. And... Um... I noticed none of you have played Final Fantasy VII. No, it's up no. there. <laughs> I haven't even it's taken it out. Yeah, Good yeah. God, man, put that in your bloody console right now. Well, my partner's been playing Persona 5 Royal uh, since the day it came out. She's put almost 150 <laughs> hours into it. See, Final Fantasy's hers. I've never played them, and she's a huge fan, but she's absolutely loves uh, Persona. So she's almost put like 150 hours into Persona 5 Royal. Uh, so she hasn't started Final Fantasy yet. So, Well, that's all I have played all this week. Being nice. Nice. It is, it is done. Man, they fucking nailed it. They you liked it? So, uh, they did so good. I've, I'm reviewing it now. So the script's like half written. And I'm reviewing it in two different ways. I'm looking at it. The first part of my review, first half, is based on Final Fantasy VII Remake as a standalone game, as it is for a new player like yourself coming into the series, picking up the controller and playing it. Like, what's the story like? Does it make sense? The characters, are they weird or is it just off? What's the combat like? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And how does it, like, does it end, you know, does it feel like a good ending, like a solid ending to a game? And then the other half, the other side of my review will be, how does it stack up as a remake, as a reimagining to, you know, arguably one of the greatest games ever done? Um, so, yeah, it kind of gives both sides of the review because um, I have seen, I've read one review and it's like, I'm pretty sure they have some big nostalgia goggles strapped to their forehead <laughs> because as great as the game is, it does, it does fuck up in one big area and it's really annoying and that's its side quests its side quests are just 
just straight trash. They really are. It is okay. the worst wow. part of it. To the point where I would not recommend playing the side quests. Wow. Oh, shit. Wow. In How did you... the entire game, I would, if you're just a new player, don't even bother. Stick to the main story. Run through that. Take your 30 hours and enjoy it. Don't even... Right. Yeah, it's so bad. And it's so annoying because the combat... The only thing that pulled me through was... Obviously, because I'm a very hardcore Final Fantasy VII fan, but... The combat I found really good. I really enjoyed it. It's got some hidden depth to it. Not, not a great deal. It's not super tricky or advanced, and it definitely doesn't go um, as deep as the original Materia system did. Still does a little tiny bit. So I found the combat really, really cool. So that's why I was definitely doing the side quests to engage in that combat loop. You know, stupid things like go and chase down someone's cats. Like that's a mission you got to do. Oh, You're wow. like, like, are you fucking serious? Square? <laughs> like 2020? Like, yeah, Cloud is sitting there going to pat the cat and the cat runs off and he's like, he stands up and like pretty much looks straight at the camera. He's like, this sucks. I'm like, dude, no, I'm here now. Why are we doing this? This is just, this is, it is stupid. And unfortunately, there are plenty of those types of quests. Heaps oh, of them, no. actually. They um, fill up the whole thing. Uh, there is honestly only a handful of good side quests that you know have a interesting loop to it you know a bit of a story to it and a good boss fight or a good fight towards the end of it and it rewards you in some way with uh new a newer weapon or something along that along that line but overall killer game man fucking square nailed it they they have literally written a whole new book on how to do a remake, how to take the game from what it was and bring it into 2020. But also, I remember that everyone remembers the arguments people are having. How do you how do you justify chopping this game up and selling it off in so many bits? Play the game. That's how they do it. It's done so well, and it's so justified in how much content is in there. Ridiculous. I will probably get close to 80 hours out of the game. That's pretty good for yeah, a cool. partial remake of a game. How did you and, um? How did you find the end? Because I know you were concerned about how they were going to handle leaving it where they did. I fucking love the ending. Yeah, it is brutally good, and a lot of people don't won't like the ending. I don't know how many people have got to the end yet. I wouldn't imagine it's a shitload of people, but I think the the super super hardcore purists, the ones who didn't want it altered, aren't going to like it. But I can't, I can't talk about because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Yeah, fair, um, obviously, yeah. There is... They don't outright say it, but there is something going on in this game that when you think about it at the end, when you see the actual ending and what it means is really tricky. Like, I don't, I don't think any other company's done it in a game before, what they're trying to do. If it is what they're trying to do, it's just the theory. What No one will know until we see the next game. Right. But unfortunately, I can't. I can't talk anything about it because it is just. Br- it'll brutally ruin the game. Sure, but I think I will there, play it, something. even though I've never played seven before. Um, I think it's oh. something I really want to play and kind of see it from the outside in. Uh, honestly, it's if for someone coming in like yourself, which a lot of people would be, do it. It, it is. Mm. It is a fantastic JRPG. So there are like. There are the tropes there, like it is what it is. But you get, and the voice acting is 
insane. The graphics are insane. Performance oh, runs so super well. Like, yeah. And there is a reason why this thing came on two discs. Like, I think there's probably close to 10 hours of cutscenes and, you know, Shit. just talking. Like, That's, it is, That's it what is I'm dead. all about. <laughs> all right. And it's so well presented and it's so well done. And yeah, it's, it does really well for the new people coming in. And it pays real good homage to the older players seeing all those places again, but under a different kind of look. Mm. They did it. Um, they did it really good. So, um, the honeybee in section, I don't know, uh, you guys never played the original? Was I know the bit you're talking about though, yeah. Yeah, but, it's, um, you know, it's, a, it's a, a brothel, really. It's a prostitution den and whatnot. And it's like, how do you, you know, and you cross dress and all the rest of it for this weird ass dude to pick you yeah it's it's odd and it's like mm. how the hell are you going to do that in 2020 like how do you how do you pull that and they do they fucking yeah. nail it they did it so well and, and it makes sense and it's enjoyable to watch like it's interesting to watch how they do it and the execution is just wicked and then there's all the old enemies that come back that have just been you know obviously uh totally redone but for a modern age man 10 out of 10 as far as a remake goes Perfect. Loved it. Sick. Nice. Let's move on, shall we, to a segment oh, yes. we like to call <laughs> Fast Come. Sorry, gaming. This is, uh, this is aimed at you, sure. <laughs> my friend. This is where we're going to take around about 20-odd questions in rapid-fire interview-style-esque. You are going to give us your quickest and best answers. Awesome. Are you ready? I am. Okay. Let us start, shall we? Question one. Where would you go if you were invisible? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You can be totally honest. <laughs> there is no judgment here. Jeez, that's actually... Don't overthink it. Nah, I'm trying not to. Uh, <laughs> somewhere inappropriate. <laughs> Good call. That's an honest answer. What is your dream job? Oh, professional musician. What is your favorite movie quote? Oh, fuck. I'm bad. I'm really bad at movie quotes. Um, say Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. <laughs> uh, Jeez. It's a trap. It's a trap? It's solid. It's a trap. Yeah, solid, solid. Game of the year this year. Could be any game. What do you think is going to win game of the year? What do I think? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily has come out. Nope. <sighs> Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk? Fair enough. What was your... What was your <laughs> yeah, the shirt says it all. <laughs> what, what was your first console? SNES. Nice. Yeah. Mixer, Twitch, YouTube, or Facebook? YouTube. YouTube. Inverted controller? No. I okay. worked out my partner is the other week, and I was so confused. <laughs> I'm going to get someone on this show one day that plays inverted with me. Yeah. And then they can, start a, they can start a new podcast about being the only two people in the world that have inverted controllers. Exactly. Two inverted thumbs. Two inverted thumbs. <laughs> the new show. All right. You had to pick Skyrim or Fallout. 
Skyrim. If you had to play one game forever, what would it be? I think last last week you said franchises are acceptable. Uh, yep. Yes, correct. Mass Effect. <laughs> Mass Effect. Easy. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. What? Who is your number one YouTuber? Oh, Triple Jump. Oh yeah. They are, they are phenomenal, hilarious uh, British dudes that used to be on What Culture. Seriously, go check them out. They are phenomenal. Nice, nice. All right. What product would you refuse to promote on your YouTube channel? Raid Shadow Legends. Oh yes, I was waiting for that. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, you watch him blow up on YouTube next week, and they come knocking. We'll give you uh, twenty grand to shout this out. You'd be like, "Sell you know, out!" I'm, I'm sold. Me up. I'm sold I'm out. Tattoo that on my chest. The best ones are the people that make videos about Raid Shadow Legends being shit, and then the ads is all Raid Shadow Legends throughout the fucking yeah, video. Yeah, I know. There's some <laughs> classic great. ones on. All right, what is your favorite generation of console? 360. 360, nice choice. What is the strangest thing you have ever eaten? Mm. Chicken feet. Chicken feet? Mm. Raw or cooked? Uh, Cooked. It's like uh, yum cha. It's not bad. They're very grisly, but... Right. Have, you chef? have you eaten chicken feet? I have, yeah. Some, it's it's not gross. It's interesting, but mm. it's not something you like crave every day. No, <laughs> just gonna duck down the feet, chicken feet. <laughs> All right, what would you do with your fifteen minutes of fame? Self promote. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we love this. We love this question. <laughs> All right. If a movie was made of your life, what genre would it be and who would play you? Jesus. What genre? Um, let's go comedy because I love a good comedy. Who would play me? Fuck. Stifler. <laughs> if we could if we could flip the timelines around. No, because he's not an actor, but... Uh, shit, I have no idea. Tom no. Hanks it is. Oh, yeah. I was yeah, going to say Ben Stiller. Hey, he can tussle your hair. <laughs> ben Stiller as well. There's so many to pick from. <laughs> uh, use one word to describe your gaming ability. Poor. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Best game you have played this year? Mm, Ori. Oh, yep. PlayStation or Xbox? Xbox. If you could be locked away in isolation for two weeks with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? And this is your final question. My partner. She's right here. And because we, because we are, she's got headphones on. She can't even hear me. Um, Pretend she's not in the room. (laughs) 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 Waiting for a shoe to fly across. Probably, probably, probably still her. We're used to being together for two weeks at a time. Anyone else, I'd probably kill them. So, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and that was it. Thank you. Thanks, man. That was great fun. You enjoy that? No worries. Great segment. Shall we move on to the deals this week, gents? What do you reckon? Let's let's do it. Yeah, right. Let's, let's it. go over to the PlayStation Network. Starting off with PlayStation Plus is Uncharted 4: A Thief's End and Dirt Rally 2.0. 
both free on there. Go get those. PSN deals this week. Days Gone for $40 and God of War for $25. Wow, that like that is some insane content. Go mm-hmm. play that. God of War, my God. Oh God, exactly. Over on Xbox this week with games of games with gold, we have Project Cars Two and Fabled Anniversary. I think they were the same as last week. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And over with deals with gold this week, we have Remnant from the Ashes for forty dollars and Graveyard Keeper for sixteen seventeen. Now, direct, you reviewed Remnant from the Ashes. Can you give us a uh, give us a quick thirty second spiel? Yeah, third person souls like shooter um, with procedurally generated areas and so many bosses that you won't see them all in your first run through. Um, it's kind of like souls cross destiny cross. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Just third person shooters in general. It's really good. Fair enough. Mm, I thoroughly right. enjoyed it. And Graveyard Keeper is, I believe, kind of like Stardew Valley, but you work in a graveyard, isn't that? Slightly more morbid. Yeah, similar sort of game. It's kind of farm and grind to reach next objectives and do different tasks. Um, nice. But an enjoyable game, nonetheless. I've seen a lot of people play it and really, really like it. Um, so if you're into that, it's definitely worth grabbing. Over on the Switch this week, we have Hyper Jam for $13, which is a fast-paced multiplayer arena gameplay for wonderful players. We also have Assassin's Creed The Rebel Collection, which includes Black Flag and Rogue for $24. Jeez, that's right. That's yeah, that's, 24 that's bucks on the Take that right. and go. That is mm-hmm. insanely good. Um, Black Flag, probably one of the best Assassin's Creed's. Yeah, yes. it's one of my favorites. I 100%ed yeah. it and the DLC. All the nice. for that. Just, um, the which setting is insane, is but it, it was that much fun to play. Yeah, it was. I think Rogue's like really underrated. Um, because it came out on 360 when Unity came out, I think on the Xbox One, and um, it kind of got lost in the, you know, the, you know the previous generation. So yeah, Rogue was Rogue was quite good. It was a little shorter than most of them, but it was. I mean, it was one of those kind of half half games. I think it wasn't even a full price, but it was. Yeah, it was. It was a really good game nonetheless. I played it recently, like last year or something. Um, really enjoyed it. Mm. Over on the Epic Store this week, we have Close to the Sun, an alternate history thriller that explores the implications of reality in which all of Nikola Tesla's um, ambitious, wild, and often deranged ideas came to life. Now, that sounds, on paper, fucking interesting as. Have you seen? Have you played it or seen it? Any of no, you I have it downloaded. Um, I watched some of the, like, the, the trailer clip they have on the Epic Store, and it looks, it's all first person from what I can see. Um, it looks hella good, though, man. Like, it looks Does really, it? really good. Yeah, that's that sounds really good. Mm, yeah, I'm adding oh, it to my backlog for sure. There we go. That's um on Epic again. That's all free if you want that one. Um, also on Epic Store is Sherlock Holmes: Crime and Punishment. Now I played these last gen. Awesome games. Who Very developed games? Frogwares that did the, oh, yeah. the Sinking City. Yeah, we all fucking raved about. Not. <laughs> <laughs> hated that game <laughs> alright shall we move on to the news this week yeah let, nah. let us start it off with the new Playstation controller the Playstation 5 controller looks radically different from the company's previous gamepad designs instead of having a new uh, instead having a new futuristic look a white and black colour scheme 
and a boomerang-like shape, the DualSense controller is also coming with several new features, including an adaptive shoulder button triggers with haptic feedback, a built-in microphone, and a new create button that replaces the PlayStation 4 share button. Death puppies. What do you, what do you think of the controller? I it looks good. It looks good. Like it's like I was watching something the other day, oh, yesterday or today, and it was like a, a phase through of each generation of controller. And if you look at the transition from the the PS4 controller now and this one, it's not a huge lot of difference. Like it's a little more rounded out, so it's got a similar shape to what the um the Xbox controllers do now, which is good because those feel fucking fantastic in your hands. And I've always mm -hmm. had issues with the PlayStation controllers. I've never really liked how they felt. Mostly the thumbsticks because there's a whole thing there that I don't like. Um, but the shape looks good. The, the triggers, the thumbs. yeah, the thumbs they get in the way. Um, it looks good and clean. I I don't like the white color. I'm really hoping there's options for just single color black or single color in general. I mean, we've seen a heap of the community creations lately, which is fucking sick. sick. Um, but I mean, I, I like it. It'll be interesting. I like. I I can't tell if I'm really gonna like control until I've got it in my hands. That's. But from what I've seen, it looks a lot like a, 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 an improvement. It uh, it does look like yeah. an improvement. Um, Derek, what do you think? Yeah, I think it looks pretty good. Um, I do. I like that they've kind of changed the shape because I'm the same as um, puppies. I think the shape of the PS4 controller is a bit like, I don't know if I find it too small or just awkwardly shaped or the, the way the triggers are. I don't know, but I just don't find it as comfortable as Xbox. Um, but I like that it looks a bit kind of rounder. Uh, I think it looks phenomenal in that color scheme though. Um, I don't know. It's like some stormtrooper thing that I, I kind of like the look of, which makes me think that the console is going to be white and black as well, which is like a huge change for for Sony. Mm. Yeah. So I'm on the controller. I'm the I'm the same as you. And I mean, if you guys hated the DualShock Four, did you just play with the DualShock Three? Not a lot. Yeah, no. <laughs> once, never again. <laughs> that that thing was even skinnier, man, than the DualShock Four. So yeah, they have yeah. been progressively bigger and bigger and this one and they've got to chase that form factor of the xbox controller i mean i don't even use a standard dual shock 4 i haven't used one in years because i've got third party ones that are much bigger they're you know like xbox size i'm it, it looks it looks smooth it looks really nice i like the sleek edges to it and i think or well, i was saying with the with the controller i don't know about the microphone inbuilt into the control i don't know yeah. how the fuck that works with buttons clicking and you know you, you smash out your joysticks towards the edges like manual you'd have a manual noise gate it'd probably knock them out maybe do something i mean i can see that being an issue yeah um, it's also got a mute button which i think is good but i don't see the point of having a microphone on a controller i think it's i don't know it's kind of I mean, just it's pointless right it, it had a, a 3.5 jack right yeah. yeah 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 I mean, they it's... still say to to plug it in like they even say don't use it like if you plan to be on a voice party chat use your headset and a proper mm. mic like i think it's just there to help but i think it it must be there for something we don't know about well there were those patents right um, like um for and i don't know how legit this information is but like i think there were patents from sony about like using it as a voice assistant 
Um, oh, yeah. Which, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I mean, they might just have voice commands with the with the PlayStation Four and it's picked, or PlayStation Five, and it's picked up through the controller. It's simple, like not the not the Connect, but a similar system where it's just through the yeah. controller instead, and you'd have options to turn that off as For well. For sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely. the way I could see it practically being used the console mm. anyway. And I think the the big thing no one is like not a lot of people talking about are those triggers, those, those haptic feedback That's, triggers. Someone, yeah. someone went into detail. I can't remember who it was reading about it um, because someone was just going, oh, it's just the same as, you know, the what the Xbox has now. And it's like, no, no. apparently it's completely different. Like it's a whole new sensory type thing of how it works. Do you know more about it? There's a big difference, I think, between haptic feedback and like I know the, the Xbox ones are, you know, called, I can't remember what they're called, but it's kind of similar, like adaptive triggers or something like that. Yeah, but, it's adaptive. Um, yeah. Haptic feedback is much more like advanced compared to just a vibration motor. So it can be like, you know, like the way our phones vibrate now is much different than just like a vibration motor um, in like a controller or, you know, like a phone from 10 years ago. Uh, I think the the sensitivity, like how they say you know if you're pulling a bow i think that's a good description is like you can feel it tense up i think that's something that's really cool if it gets used you know mm. like often um i don't want to see sony just have like gimmicks on their controller like six axis and then it be crap and no one ever use it and it's like what was the point i really want to see these things get utilized uh, and kind of become the norm because haptic haptics are in everything now so yeah, exactly. And I feel like the speaker in the DualShock 4 was just underutilized as well. I remember playing with, I think it was Horizon Zero Dawn. I think it's that, or maybe it was Killzone, actually. I, can't, I think it might have been Killzone. When you pick up a piece of Intel, it would play it out through the speaker to you. That's cool. Like, you're looking at it and it's coming out through there and you can still like run around in the game and shoot and do everything like that. But the, the Intel is still getting read out to you. And I thought it was like, it was a really cool little thing that they did. Mm. I don't think I ever saw it again for the whole generation. <laughs> The, I mean, baby, that's like the, the, that's the like baby, the baby in Death Stranding. The, the touch oh, sensitive yeah. on. Um... I didn't because I use headphones now. Yeah, yeah, yes. Really, uh, you don't hear it, which is yeah, sim- annoying. Similar to like the the touchpad, I don't think that got used nearly as much as it could have either, which is probably why it's gone as well. Um, which could have been really interesting in gameplay. Touchpad no, it's gone. There. I think. No, is it still no, there? Is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it just looks all white that- because I can't. Tell the difference. Yeah, yeah. Really. It's kind of just like yeah, a apparently. like a big start button, though, isn't it? Like, yeah, you know, it's all just another big button. No, there are some some games that utilized it again. It was underutilized. Like you, depending on which side you pushed on, would bring up a different menu or a different option. Um, but other than that, it was not. Yeah, everyone just pushed the button, and that was yeah. It. yeah. In regards to the I the with the two tone color. And the more sleek edges that we're seeing in this thing. What do you think? Obviously, you, the console is going to look, I think, radically different than what everyone's expecting. I don't think they're going to go the the route Microsoft have with the tower, but I think they're going to bring back like some big curves, something a bit next gen. I think they really want to go futuristic. They, I read something about that they were. A little disappointed in themselves that the step from PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4 didn't feel next gen enough. It didn't feel like there's a this huge leap, and that's what they want to go for. 
go for this time? What do you what do you reckon the console is going to look like? Do you think it'll be different? Well, there's that that there was it the dev kit floating around, which is like mm. looks like a toilet seat. Yep, I did see a, I did see a mock up of that yep. done much better, and it looked freaking awesome. I mean, I I I I almost kind of wanted like maybe something not as like the, the 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 original one was kind of chunky. So if they went for like a sleeker kind of design of that, I think that would look really really cool. I think again, um, I think Derek was saying that like the the two tone. I think they're going to stick with that as well, so it matches the controller. Um, yeah, so it just to, makes sense. Sure. They'd have to. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see them no moving white. away from the radiator slats. Um, maybe keeping it in some spots in the back or something to kind of pay homage to previous generations. But I don't. Yeah, definitely, definitely see something. Maybe even more rounded. I think we might see. Yeah, I, th- I tend to agree as well. I think this gen was like for both Xbox and PlayStation was very like minimal. Like the the Xboxes are literally just boxes and they've gotten smaller and smaller and they look better and better. I think the one X looks great, but it is very minimal. And I think like the series X is kind of almost exactly the same, just standing up and a square. Um, and I think it looks cool cause it's, it's something different for a console, but I think Sony, I think you're right. Like Sony will do a kind of futuristic, nice lines. And especially if it matches up to the way the controller looks, mm. uh, it should be very sleek. I think. Which I think will help them. It, it'll help them visually trying to sell the damn, um, you know, especially if you're going up against, you know, you walk into EB games and you see if Sony have got some futuristic looking white and black two-tone new console and you've splashed whatever games are coming with it. And then you've got the, you know, the brutal edges of that tall. It's a good description, series, yeah. Series mm-hmm. X, it's just like, what would you be personally more attracted to go and buy? It's like someone, if, if you didn't have any brand loyalty or, you didn't already know what you wanted to go get. Maybe that's what Sony might be aiming aiming at. Who knows? And I think it depends how they like how Microsoft package it. Like if the if the front of the box has the top of the console on it, um, which is kind of like really nicely shaped and it has that green underneath mm-hmm. it. Um if they if that's the front of the box like a nice shot of that people might be like oh that looks really cool um but you're right it is very like brutalist like big rectangular box so um you know yeah. it might appeal to some people's tastes but i think yeah sony will have a different story with that most likely hopefully we uh find out soon i know when they did put this out for the new controller they did say to expect the reveal of the damn console Within the next what two months, two three months, so yeah, hopefully we'll see something through. It'd be nice. To, I mean, we know everything about the PlayStation. Well, not everything, but we know a lot about the PlayStation. We just don't know what it looks like. Which I mean, isn't well, and also to be really. fair, when they showed the PlayStation Four off, it wasn't till June, so it would have been June this year is when we finally saw what the PlayStation yeah, Four would look like, and then it released in November. So they are sticking to what they normally do in holding it back and showing it off and then you know it's not too long before it comes out which i guess I mean, makes makes sense makes if you want especially to if they've had such a big change yeah. with the controller doing that a few months apart so people aren't one thing isn't getting lost amongst the talk of the console and versus the controller yeah yeah all right moving on we are on to more resident evil is on the way capcom plans to plans to release a resident evil 4 remake in 2022 
The report cites multiple development sources who indicate that the RE4 remake is now in full production. According to these sources, development is being handled by the Osaka-based Capcom-backed M2 studio of former Platinum Games head Tatsuya Minami. I think I got that right. The strategy would line up with the development of Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes, which used most of blended teams of external Capcom studios and Capcom internal assets. BGC reports that the remake has been undertaken with the blessing of the original Resident Evil 4 game director, Shinji Mikami, who apparently declined to take the lead on the project, but provided informal advice. Damn shame that he is not involved. What is... Uh... What do you think on the whole Resident Evil remake train that is happening in the last two, three years? It's good. I mean, I, I don't play the series at all, but I think it's good that we're seeing some. I mean, you always kind of want new experiences, new IPs, but I think the way they've changed from what I've seen of from the original to the remakes has been fresh enough to kind of bring the newer generation into that, into that franchise. I think it's been done really well and really smart. Um, as long as they're not spamming them out too fast, like if they space them out like once a year, you remake, you know, um, I think it will be okay. But I think there'll be a, it would become a point where it become too much if they did it too fast. So definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I think the whole too much too fast is what's happening at the moment with RE3. I think a lot of people aren't appreciating how good the actual game is and they're just focusing on some other the smaller like the smaller content that's in there, which is fair, to be fair. But if the game may be released next year, not so close to Resident Evil 2, which is so damn good and so out of nowhere, it might have been received a bit more uh, successfully, I guess. Yeah, RE2 is still pretty fresh in people's minds, so oh, it's yeah, hard definitely. not to compare it. Mm. And I think, like, it's like Capcom have done so much good stuff in the last few years. Um, and again, I don't play Ari either. Like, I've never played him. But, like, Capcom have really done a great job of getting public opinion positive for them. But now it seems like it's just flipped really quickly due to RE3. And RE3, like, still looks brilliant. Like, I know graphics aren't the, the only thing, but... Um, you know, it, it seems like such a night and day difference in like public opinion about it. And this could just be loud people on Twitter um, because I hear a lot of people do like it. But, um, you know, I think them remaking four, which is, you know, according to a lot of people, one of the best games of all time. Uh, I think that's a great move. But again, you're right, like space it out. Don't release it in 12 months time. Maybe release it in you know, 18 months time, two years um, to give it time to kind of breathe, especially if there's RE8 on the way as well. So, which is yes. another a big thing. They've got to keep, keep it fresh with new, uh, new, new takes coming in. Like, so mm. Resident Evil 3 that is rumored for next, uh, Resident Evil 3, Resident Evil 8, sorry, that is rumored for next year. Um, you know, obviously, if we got that, then a two year break, and then we got hit with Resident Evil 4. It might be a bit easier to swallow, but yeah, like you said, if they uh, if they turn on, you know, plan on banging these out year after year, remake, remake, new remake, it's going to get stale really fast. Yeah, it's like the Assassin's Creed thing, right? Like, yeah, it just yeah. it was really good, and then it kind of just became the same thing over and over again, and um, just yeah. killed its own 
fan base essentially. And, and you got to be very careful when you're doing remakes too, because you've got to kind of stay faithful to the original. Because step too far away from the source material or whatnot. So you're kind of limited in what you can do. You can't radically change the gameplay mechanics or, mm. you know, whatnot. So there's only so far you can actually twist it to make it new. And once they get past four, they're not going to remake five and six because no one likes them. They may better not make remake five and six. <laughs> Pretend they never existed, especially six. That thing is just straight garbage. So they're going to run out of games to remaster. Four is there. Four. Well, they got Code Veronica. So, and I would have preferred Code Veronica than four because I think four can still stand up now, playable. Like you can still go back. It's you know it's aged kind of well, whereas you know two and three, one, two and three, definitely did not. Yeah, completely different yeah. gameplay. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our next article, and that is Crisis maybe returning. Turn it up. So Electronic Arts appears to be teasing something related to the Crisis series. After a long period where the franchise has laid dormant, the official Twitter account tweeted a message for the first time in four years, suggesting an announcement is on the way. The tweet doesn't give many clues. It simply says receiving data. But it's also the first new tweet from the account since December 2016, so the message coming out of the blue seems likely to be hinting at something. What do you guys think it's hinting at? It's going to be Crisis 4, right? GPUs are going to have GPUs. to start sweating. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's just fucking PS5 and Xbox Series X blowing up, not yeah. working. <laughs> yeah. New benchmark is on the way. PC testers new rejoice. Yes, that's it. Turn. Yes, this is going to be great. Um, puppies, do you think uh, we're getting 1, 2, and 3 remastered? Or do you think we're getting Crisis 4? I kind of want a new one, but I could totally see a remaster happening. It's, like I said, it's been a while, and it's been so long since I've played them. Um, could but... you see a remaster happening, though? Have you I... seen Crisis 3? The fucking thing looks incredible today. Yeah. Still. Even yeah, Crisis 2 on low, on low settings, it looks great. I mean, a new one would be good. I, I'm always up for new games rather than remakes or revamps. But yeah, I, I'd, I'd hope for a new game. Um, and no doubt it'll be absolutely off its tits as well. I'm trying to... Did, can you guys remember Crisis 3 launch? Because for some reason, I don't think... The, it didn't do super, super well, did it? Like, it did not, well. It looked great. Launch, but yeah. I don't think it, it didn't blow up, like, you know, it, off, like, what Crisis and Crisis 2 did. Mm. Maybe... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. People didn't seem even that positive about Crisis Two, but I I love that game. Um, mm. But yeah, Crisis Three, I it's like vaguely in my memory, but I don't. I never played it at launch. I played a little bit of it here and there, but I've never played it to completion. But I think Crisis, I think they look good enough, like you said, to not need a remaster. Like they could just release like. Like, I mean, it's probably backwards compatible anyway on Xbox, but they could just release like a you know, updated textures that matches the PC version or something like that. They wouldn't actually have to do really that much work to make Crisis 2 and 3 look incredible. Not to mention 1, which still looks good to this day. Mm, it's it, Because a lot of um, YouTube channels and stuff like that that do bench tests for games, uh, for graphics card and stuff like that, Crisis 3 is still used as a benchmark. Mm. Uh, you know, today even 
to test new GPUs. So yeah, it still does look good. I think this has to be four or an, yeah, or an offshoot next, maybe. Yeah, the next yeah. maybe a site somewhere where they're going for it. But I think it's also it'd be a good time for them to maybe not reboot the series, but kind of give it a different take or push it in a bit of a different direction. Yeah, that could happen. A whole reboot of the series would be interesting. See, it's hard. I'm, it's I'm difficult. struggling to remember how 3 ended other than you're just a super, super soldier kicking alien. <laughs> that's about it. I mean, that's all you need to know, really, right? Yeah, I think that is all you need to know. All right, next one on the list is Ghost of Tsushima. Details. Finally, we have some details. So official PlayStation Magazine UK has released its May 2020 issue, which has information on Ghosts. It also includes a little tidbit on the backwards compatibility support for the PlayStation 5. The first official preview of Ghosts of Tsushima goes a lot in depth into the various gameplay and story details presented in the game. It includes some interesting information on open world exploration and how Sucker Punch is trying to design the world. Some of the interesting information regarding the gameplay is summarized here. So we have, the game is set on the island of Shishima. Uh I'm gonna butcher some of these names. Akira Kasawa is mentioned as one of the sources of inspiration. The game begins with the attack on the island of Tsushima from the invading Mongol empire. The island of Tsushima, I don't know how many times I'm gonna say this, uh, has to be explored without waypoints to guide the player. Players will need to use the knowledge of the world and landmarks to explore and discover locations. Uh, the story will pass as the player will explore the world and titles will tell how much time has passed since the invasion. Uh, enemy blood can be spilled with quick uh, ajitsu strikes. It is possible to roam around enemy camps undetected using the grappling hook. And Jin can use gadgets like sticky arrows and firebombs. Uh, there will also be many allies as side characters, and the strength of their bond depends on the player's choice. Yeah, I am so ridiculously excited for this game. This sounds game so fucking, fucking amazing. This is, it sounds like it does. It sounds like open world Sekiro. Mm. Yeah, is anyone Sekiro? I'm. I'm in. What we've seen of the combat as well looks really, really good. Like mm. that, the duel in that first trailer, like. Um, between him and the other, like, um, Shinobi or whatever. Um, that was incredible in the way the camera worked and everything during the fight. I don't yeah, know if it's going to be... The lead falling down. Yeah, that was so good. I don't know if it's going to be as hard as something like Sekiro, um, which I hope it's not because... Yeah, God, I have like, a feeling it'll be, so hard. It'll, be, it'll be similar difficulty to, like, Assassin's Creed where it'll be a little more... Like, you still have to kind of find your way around. Because I know Assassin's Creed has modes where you can turn off everything as well and just, like, find everything through the hints. Um, very similar way uh, Ghost Recon handled it. Um, mm. But, yeah, I think they'll they'll swap that for the difficulty because there'll be enough kind of in there with the exploring trying to get your way around. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how they how they handle the difficulty because... They are going to get just by nature a lot of comparisons to Sekiro, which won how many Game of the Year awards? Like countless. Um, so it is going to get compared to it. And obviously, the best thing about Sekiro is its combat. And this is what's going to happen with Ghost. It's going to get, you know, will it be able to hold up to Sekiro's combat in regards to, you know, their difficulty? Will they be able to slide it? Obviously, like 
most open world games these days don't have a difficulty slider, do they? A lot, no. But something no. like The Witcher does, you know. I That's know it's right. a very different game, does. but, um, you know, they can... It could be even, like, just enemy awareness or, like, damage taken or something like that to to increase the difficulty, especially with a stealthy game. Like, um, you know, like in Dishonored, there's about 50 million uh, customization options in Dishonored 2 for difficulty. Um, yeah. And I don't think it would go that far, but it could even just be that's, you know, enemies have more health or um, enemies are more aware of your presence when you're stealthy or something like that on a harder difficulty. Yeah, so it's very much, yeah, we're probably looking at an artificial slider difficulty, like you just said, um, whereas like your Sekiro's difficulty comes from its combat. It's not that, you know, other enemies hit way harder or anything like that. It's de- it's how its combat is played out and each animation is played differently and you've all got to learn how to, how to beat these enemies so and bosses. <laughs> um, it, it, this one looks, though, it looks really good. I like the idea of the no way and just find your own way, Breath of the Wild style, just off you go. I think I'm going to be fucking super lost. cool. So you're going to need a, a Sherpa. Oh. I'm going to need a notepad and like a recorder and just like record everything. All right. Fuck. I forgot what that was. Where am I going again? Arthur Morgan style. Put it in your little drawing book. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think this is going to get delayed? No. You don't think so? You reckon it's good to, it's going to stick to its date of when is it? It's June. June I think August. Oh, is it June? Yeah. yeah, no, um I think I think it'll stay. I mean if they push it too far back, it's not gonna sell well because PlayStation five. Um it's in a difficult spot where it's that kind of last great game of the generation, so to speak, and if they delay it, it's gonna be too close to the launch of the new console for people who are, oh well, you know. But if they don't one. delay it and then and they've got the last of us sitting in limbo. I think yeah. somewhere as well. So this game is getting sandwiched between a new console release and The Last of Us 2. It's like... I think The Last of Us will come after this. If it's been in yeah. delayed without a, without a release date, The Last of Us, and this, unless they do delay it, which, which I think would be crazy, but um, I don't know when Last of Us is going to come out. If they've said, like, we don't know when this is coming out, but they've got a new console coming out at the end of the year. Like, can they fit that in in like September, October, if they're even ready? Like, that's a that's a hard like situation for Sony to be in. I think it's insanely difficult for them to to, yeah, to drop a new IP, a new console, and you know one of the most successful IPs, new IPs of last last gen. Mm. Yeah, you've got to sandwich those three things in in the space of a few months. That's um. And then ask, you know, you, you want you want people to buy it and you want people to buy yeah. a super expensive console and you want them to buy your new IP and it's like, that's a hard sell. And I can see Last of Us getting pushed back to a launch title for PS5 and then going, you can also thing. buy it on PS4, but they'll push it as PS5, but it'll still be kind of quietly available for previous generations. That's what I reckon mm. will happen. Do you reckon they would do that though? I know we're going off topic from Ghost of Shima, which we'll go back to, but... Just for The Last of Us there, do you think that they would actually actively promote it for the PlayStation 5 and not the PS4? 
I think the other way around. Well, not quite so the other I. way around, but I think like they'll push it as like the swan song of the PS4. But you can also play it on PS5. Like, and maybe that's why they're delaying it because they're going, oh, well, this has to have upgrades for PS5. So it can't just be the exact same game um, for PS4 if we're going to release it on a new gen with all this new tech. Um, there has to be something additional, but you know, that's, that is. There's a poster child for backwards compatibility. Or even their version of like smart delivery, right? So like if they do something where, um, you can put the disc in for PS4 or PS5 and it will just be the right version of the console you're, you're putting it in, which I still don't know if PlayStation are going to do that. Uh, I think they should. Um, that'd be a good option to to advertise it as that and market it as like, you know, buy this for PS4 and then play it on PS5 later on in the upgraded version for free. But that's a tough one. Yeah, it is a um, it's a super shitty situation for them to be in. Um, you'd imagine they would have loved to have just got it out now because it's not only that they also all, all will be competing against Cyberpunk, which is, you know, going to be... <sighs> Yeah, the biggest the biggest launch of the year. And The yeah. Last of Us is really the only game that could go toe-to-toe with Cyberpunk. I mean, not in sales-wise because one is exclusive to one platform and the other one is multi-platform. It's going to yeah. be available on a lot more lot more areas. But still, PS4 players are going to want to play Cyberpunk and they'll be putting money aside for that. So it's a game you don't want to go up and you know try and challenge. And the best, the best example of cannibalizing games is um, EA. Absolutely, Titan mm. shooting Titanfall two just straight out of the gate. The thing didn't even get a chance to gallop, and they dropped uh, Battlefield one right next to it. And it's just like that is your best example of what Sony are trying to avoid. But they've got a console, a new console, a new IP, and a massive, massive sequel. Yeah, you and a new IP game. that they've been talking about for years, which looks incredible. It looks really, really good. Yeah, like, I'm especially after the last trailer that came out for Ghosts. I'm so pumped for that game. It looks like it's got a great story, but man, it like it's just a really busy kind of part of the year. If if Last of Us, you know, is set to come out afterwards or you know whatever. So yeah, that's that's tough for Sony. Definitely. So back on Ghost of Tsushima, I have I did from the magazine from the excerpt there that. The side characters that will join you, your little companions and whatnot, uh, can turn on you. Oh, really? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, no. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to go terribly wrong. Gonna, um, so, yeah, depending on the, what, it, like, what it says there, they'll ally with you. Uh, depending on the strength of their bond, if you do shitty things, uh, they will turn against you, which hmm. is a super cool concept. I like that. Especially I'm just picturing the... I'm picturing the fallout. Everyone disliked that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Shouldn't have yeah. stabbed that chicken. Never stabbed the chicken. I wonder, yeah, I wonder how that goes. That's cool. I didn't realize it was going to have kind of that interactivity. That's sick. Mm, yeah, I would love to see, I mean, I imagine soon, you know, I'd love to see a good 10, 15 minute gameplay demo of them tackling one of these castles or something like that because um you know reading about it you can go full stealth as well you can enter into these huge castles that you need to you know take over one or you can you can stealth through it not get seen 
or you can kick down the front door if you're feeling good enough to just take everyone on. So I like how they're giving everyone the option to kind of do what you want. That's sick. Yeah. I'm, so I'm good. totally down for this fucking game. It's going to be sick. That it is. All right, well, we're going to move on to our last bit of news for the week, and that is a bit of a recap from inside at Xbox, which was, was that hosted last week? I think it was Wednesday, Wednesday last week. Yeah. Wednesday last week. Yeah. The day after the podcast, the same day that the controller came out. I know, it's funny <laughs> that, isn't it? Yeah, fuckers. All right, Xbox held their Inside Xbox live stream uh, last week. And here are a few of the highlights. We got a closer look at the single player campaign in Grounded, the upcoming survival adventure game from Obsidian Entertainment. Project X Cloud has added The Sims 4, Unravel 2, and Dragon Age Inquisition. New Xbox Game Pass titles. Uh, Alvista Chronicles, Journey to the Savage Planet, Overcooked 2, Football Manager 2020, Missed Over, and Stranger Things 3, the game. We also found out about a new content drop for Sea of Thieves, which Puppies just spoke about. Was that the same one? No, this is a different one. Different one, sorry. Yeah. So the new content drop for Sea of Thieves featuring new depth to the game's trading companies, allowing players the option to represent their favorite trading company. The Coalition celebrated Gears Tactics going gold. So Gears Tactics will have players assume the role of Gabriel, Gabe Diaz, as he commands his squad on a mission to hunt down the leader of the Locust Army. Ukon? Is that how you pronounce? Yeah. Ukon? Yeah, right. And a launch date of April 28th for Windows 10 on PC, Steam, and with Xbox Game Pass for PC. And lastly, Typhoon Studios revealed a Journey to the Savage Planet DLC. Hotline Miami Collection is going to Xbox One release. And we got our very first look at The Last Campfire, an intriguing new title from developer Hello Games. Bit to digest there, guys. So a lot. Did you did you guys watch the Inside Xbox? Yeah. 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 Did you? All right. Direct, give us your give us your take. What do you what did you think? Did you did it meet what you were looking for and were you a bit underwhelmed? I wasn't really expecting a lot from it, to be honest, being that like I think in an inside Xbox isn't gonna be where we get big announcements or anything like that. Uh, I think it was really cool of Xbox to do an inside Xbox in this fashion where they're all at home, uh, they're all on their webcams and they're, you know, they they're treating it like an, a normal episode of Inside Xbox, but without the, you know, studio recording and everything i think that was awesome for them to do phil spencer was um you know did a little segment um and it had the normal hosts inside xboxes i always find them enjoyable um but there wasn't a whole lot of information but my god gears tactics look so so good i desperately need to buy a pc (laughs) you've got your you got your mac Uh, it's not gonna have bloody play on that is Mate, your Mac doesn't even play your bloody microphone. No, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. What am I doing with my life? Oh, uh, my it is coming at console later this year, but um, man, it looks phenomenal. Yeah, it, do- it, does, look re- it does look really good. Um, I'm super keen. And also that we get that and XCOM 2 on the Switch. Mm. The same month, isn't it? So that's it's just, it's a lot of tactic gameplay going on. Mm. Towards the end of April. Tactical. Um, That's what it is. Puppies. What did you think? Yeah, it's, it's pretty much what I was expecting. Um, it was it was good though. I, again, um, I'm with direct. I, I really liked. They did the kind of home style, staying at home. With and that was just it was um, it, it it sounds dumb. But it was just a, a nice approach to take 
to kind of like it, it was a good PR move, you know. People were like, oh, you know, the people like us and they can relate to that a lot more. Um, but it was still it was still done really well. Um, yeah, mostly what I was expecting. Gears tactic looks fucking good, and so just grounded. I'm really intrigued. Yeah. By that. Like, I I like I, I like. I have I love hate I have a love hate relationship with with survival games like that. I like some of them I love and some of them I fucking despise. I'm looking at you, Ark. Uh, but Ark's it looking looks, straight back at you. Yeah, no, no, it looks really good. I'm I'm really excited for that one. It's something different from Obsidian, and given their kind of humor style, I, I think it'll be quite entertaining to see what comes out of that. Um, it's an interesting like premise for a survival game too, just being shrunk down in your backyard. Mm. This honey, I shrunk the kids' vibes. That nineties nostalgia. It's great. Um, All right. So, talk to me about just with grounded. I haven't seen a great deal on it. Obviously, um, we all know who Obsidian are, and they've just recently dropped the Outer Worlds on us last year. Is this game? It, it, what is the scope of this game? Is it? A, is it going to be a big game? Do we know the size of it? Is it? Is this a filler for Game Pass? Is it going to be you know a proper standalone something that people are going to want to go out and buy? I think it's a little bit of a filler forget like yeah. filler. I say that in a non like negative way. I think it's a team of like 13 people from Obsidian. Yeah. Um, right. I could be wrong on the exact number, but um, it's a very small offshoot team from Obsidian. It's not the main team. Um, and it's just like a passion project. Uh, and I think that's cool because Game Pass allows them to do that. Um, having a service like that, you know, allows a small part of that team to work on something new. Um, and I think scope wise, I'm not sure, like it, it's a survival game. So I guess it's kind of endlessly replayable if you want it to be, but it seems to have a story. Um, right. It seems to have a bit of a narrative about trying to get back to being normal size. Um, so yeah, I think it'd be interesting. And again, like going back to the game pass point is like, if you have game pass, you can try it. Like, like Sea of Thieves, like, you know, even the Outer Worlds, you know, everything first party, it's like you can give it a go and it might really click with you. It might not, but you haven't you haven't spent any money. I think that's still like Game Pass still blows me away. <laughs> like yeah, how, how much good value it is. I just the reason I bring it up is because we had a bleeding edge come out and even mm. though it did unfortunately go up against Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing, which I still have these weird compulsions to go and buy and i don't know <laughs> what it is and i don't want to can't open my twitter without seeing it on there Fucking shit yeah. thing. um yeah. but bleeding edge did come out it, to it, no it, fanfare whatsoever it, it just thump, gone and uh there's like no there's no one talking about it no one really planned it actually no reviews that many of you reviewed it no um, there was that... like it was two or three and that was it and they were mostly I know, like I've, i think obviously because it was also in a shocking time to try and probably get games when everyone's trying to transition back home. Um, you know, it probably fell into that crack of bad timing. For really, sure. Really bad timing, especially going up against Doom and that. But um, yeah, but again, it's just small, that, that was from, is, yeah, that's another offshoot of, Nin, was it Ninja Theory? Ninja Theory, yeah. Yeah, so I, I just don't want to see these awesome studios that Microsoft have at the moment if that's some of the route they've got to go with some of their other games to try and get stuff onto Game Pass. Because I feel like eventually that'll devalue what Game Pass actually can be. Yeah. If that's what, if everyone's just going to go, uh, it's just like Bleeding Edge or it's just, you know, whatever, 
Mm. I think Grounded may have more potential than Bleeding Edge. Grounded is in, like, I know, um, you know, survival games are like a dime a dozen, but I think it has a bit of, like, I don't know, charm to it or something like that, that that Bleeding Edge doesn't really... It looks it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, see, Bleeding Edge is is a good game. The problem is it's a multiplayer team-based game which means for it to be successful, you need the people playing it. And again, because of the circumstances that happened around its launch with minimal fo- with minimal fanfare, it just it's going to suffer because of that, which is really unfortunate. Mm. Agreed. Hopefully it just... Uh... Hopefully Grounded is good. Yeah, Hopefully. I hope so too. People get to play it and, and hear about it because it is annoying. Like, you know, Bleeding Edge came out and... It sucks that no one got to, no one really reviewed it or no one. That really I'm talking, about, I'm talking about bigger channels, um, you know, bigger media outlets. Yeah, not, not your yeah. random small YouTuber who you can't reach out to anyone. But you know, IGN have got what thirteen million subscribers or something like that. Um, you know, even on Metacritic, like there were hardly any like reviews of it. It was like really weird. I've never seen that. I don't think yeah. for I, you know a a big publisher release. Yeah, I actively searched for reviews and found two. And there were like reviews in progress. And I thought, oh, okay, right, multiplayer, sure. But then we haven't heard anything since. So I was like, Mm. oh, shit. Yeah, it's weird. I hope it does well. I hope, you know, all games do well. Um, But it's like those living games, it's like they're not one and done. Like they're going to have to keep supporting it. And that's... Both of these are, well, they seem, like, Grounded seems to be a bit of a living game. Um, hopefully it doesn't detract from, you know, Hellblade 2 or Obsidian's next thing for these studios because they've got these, like, live games going on um, at the same time. But it doesn't seem like they will. But I don't know. It's, like, I, I would prefer them to put their efforts towards, you know, the next Outer Worlds. But yeah. if this is a passion project yeah. that apparently they already had in the works before Microsoft came along, same with Bleeding Edge, um, you know, hopefully it's not going to affect the future of the the studio's big titles. We can only hope, and I'm sure that it's not going to. Uh, I think they're going to these these studios that these guys have got now. I think in the next few years coming, we're going to see what they can actually do. When they get Absolutely, their, they get the yeah. backing by. Xbox and Microsoft, here's the funds, here's the time, take your time, do what you want, go into it and get it done. Like, just knock yourselves out. That's what I'm going to say. They are fucking fantastic developers and they definitely know what they're doing. Obsidian, man. Oh. The business. <laughs> so good. So good. Well, that's about all we've got for tonight, gents. Anything else that you want to add last minute to speak up? Anything you want to cover, talk about real quick? Puppies, you got anything for us that you want to go over? No, I'm I'm pretty good. Like I wrote the run sheet this week, so everything I want to. Yep, very true. <laughs> Direct anything you want to bring up? Nah, I think that's uh, that's so much news. I'm, I'm... There's a good chunk there to to digest mm. and get through. It's good. Well, let's wrap this up then. Direct gaming. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on youtube.com or twitter.com slash direct gaming. That's direct with a C and a K. Um, I do 
yeah, pretty regular videos. I try and do, but um, maybe one every two weeks, depending on how, how busy I've been. Um, got some new stuff coming to the channel as well. Um, it should be fun. So go and subscribe. What, I would what can really people? Appreciate what, can that. people what can people look forward to coming up? What What are you going to be tackling? We're going to be on your channel. Review wise, uh, I'm actually working on a video uh, about what I think is coming next for Xbox Game Studios, which is interesting. We just spoke about that. Um, and then I probably will do like a uh, a newbie's perspective on Final Fantasy VII when I get around to playing it. Um, and I'm working on backlog reviews for Dishonored and Dishonored 2 and kind of my thoughts about that genre. So, um, yeah, a few Ge things going on. Oh, no, you knew one, sorry. Oh, don't <laughs> oh, don't wow. break my heart. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, puppies and I will uh, we'll play it and we'll talk about it and review it. Please do. I'll just play XCOM 2 again and cry <laughs> myself to sleep. <laughs> XCOM 2 is amazing, though. It is. Puppies, where can people find you, mate? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Mixer at deft underscore puppies. Ray, where are you? Well, you can find me over on YouTube and also on Twitter. Uh, Gray Aussie Gamer. Pretty easy and simple to find. You can also get in touch with us and Twitter at left underscore pod. And also over on YouTube where you can catch a replay of the live show. If you've missed it, just search for Two Left Thumbs Podcast and you should see us pop up there. You can also find us at 9 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time every Tuesday night on Mixer at mixer.com forward slash deft underscore puppies. Gents, thank you very much, Direct Gaming. Thank you again. Thank you so for much for having us. me. Um, for our third guest of the show. It was awesome. And with that, it's been our absolute pleasure to serve you. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.